Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. There is a big misconception around personal branding that it's like this ego-driven activity, right? And that the only people that do quote-unquote personal branding are people who are selling like get-rich-quick schemes and like Ponzi investment schemes, like all that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like that's what people think personal branding is. That is exactly what it is not, because in order to build a strong personal brand, you have to have credibility in the space. You have to know what, like, well, you don't have to know what it is that you're talking about, but you have to be willing enough to be honest about what you know about a particular topic, which is what ultimately builds trust and gets people to buy into you. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Millennials. Today, I have a repeat guest. She's awesome. She's Australian pretending to be British. You could ask her, because we're going to talk about personal brand, what, where she goes with her personal brand. Is she Australian? Is she British? Is she part of a little bit of both? But excited to talk to Amelia today. Amelia, what's up? Welcome to the park. Thanks for having me again. And yeah, is she British? Is she Australian? The Spoiler alert is she is both. <laughs> uh, she was born in Melbourne, raised in Sydney and in West London. Dad's British, mom's Australian. So yeah, there's a bit of pop quiz knowledge for you. I want everybody to get a background on who you are if they didn't listen to previous parts. So could they, people know who Amelia Sardell is? Yeah, so... My name is Amelia Sorrell. Um, I run a personal branding agency called Clout, and we basically work with executive, senior leadership, entrepreneurs, and founders on building their personal brands. And that is everything from managing their LinkedIn, their you know social media, through to getting them speaking gigs, um, giving them media training, like getting them out on stages for the sole purpose and the sole belief, if you like, that people buy from people, but more importantly, they buy from people they trust and. If you've got a senior leadership member or an executive leading an organization from the front outwardly facing as well as inwardly facing, typically you have a much higher engaged employer base or employee base, and you also get significantly better opportunities for the business, but also for your career. So yeah, that's what we do. Let's talk about personal branding because I think, but I want to go down the path of why companies should start investing in that because i think we i mean i think me and you have been yelling this for a long time but people haven't been listening still so why in 2024 should people start investing in the executives building personal brand some senior leadership employees why should they start let's just like brace the elephant in the room, right? There is a big misconception around personal branding that it's like this ego-driven activity, right? And that the only people that do quote-unquote personal branding are people who are selling like get-rich-quick schemes and like Ponzi investment schemes, like all that kind of stuff. Like I feel like that's what people think personal branding is. That is exactly what it is not because in order to build a strong personal brand, you have to have credibility in the space. You have to know what like well you don't have to know what it is that you're talking about but you have to be willing enough to be honest about what you know about a particular topic which is what ultimately builds trust and gets people to buy into you and i'll dig into 
you know, how you build your personal brand when you have no knowledge or no experience later. But I think it's really important that people understand that it's not an ego-driven activity. It's a strategic marketing imperative. And the reason why it's a strategic marketing imperative is because people buy from people. We covered that before. But more importantly, people are so over brand messages. They're so over, you know, being sold to. They are so over fake user-generator content looking stuff from businesses and they're over being spoken at and not to and I think the really powerful thing about personal branding is you can infiltrate communities that you're trying to appeal to or you're trying to attract both from an employee perspective or from a sales perspective or however you need to swing that cat whatever it is that your goal is with your your company or your brand or you know whatever exercise it is that you're undertaking you can infiltrate these communities from within them and influence them from within and that is so much more powerful than trying to you know shove a credit card in someone's face and or shove a product in someone's face and say give me your credit card like nobody wants to be sold to but everyone wants to buy and the easiest way to get people to buy from you is to form an emotive and emotional human connection with them and the only way that you can do that is by putting people at the heart of your business it's kind of like human to human marketing if you want to put it in like more of a clinical sense but i think the biggest reason why people don't like doing it or think that they shouldn't do it is because the word branding is involved if we just said like, oh, the way to get ahead in your business is you just like, you know, post some content about stuff that you're really good at and like inject some of your personality, people would be a lot more cool with that because that feels a lot less scary. But when you say personal branding, people think it needs to be some big shiny object that's completely removed from who they are and, you know, is quote unquote an expert in the space. They have to be some kind of, you know, jovial fake version of who they are and actually the strongest personal brands if we look at you daniel and me and a bunch of other examples i can give the strongest personal brands that i know and i'm not talking about followers by the way talk about strength credibility and reputation are the people who are the most authentic version of themselves like i don't try and pretend to be anyone other than who i am and that you know repels some people but it attracts a lot of other people which means that i have a hundred percent inbound opportunity and business model so yeah that's why you should build your personal brand Really, personal brand is just reputation. You just could choose to build it behind closed doors, or you could choose to show people and build credibility online, which is a more scalable way to do it. And it's really funny because a lot of executives would rather be on a a stage in front of 5,000 people, but they can be on a a social media talking to 60,000 people every single day. So it's really funny that they would rather be on a stage, but they don't want to be putting themselves online, talking, building their reputation, not their personal brand, their reputation as an expert in their space, which is fun. The craziest thing about that is they will happily stand up in front of an organization. Like, so it's like a couple hundred people and it doesn't even need to be a stage, right? These can be their people and they will happily stand up in front of these people and say like, you know, guys, we need to sort our shit out or how well we did or like give motivational speeches or whatever it might be and you put them on a stage in front of their peers and a lot of these people again they'll get nervous like obviously public speaking scary for even like myself I do public speaking a lot and I still get nervous but you put them on a LinkedIn page (laughs) and say just like just give me a little story about something and they just go oh my god I can't post and it's like You've just stood in front of a stage, on a stage in front of 350 people telling them that they need to buck their fucking ideas up. 
but you can't hit post on a LinkedIn post. And I do think there is such a fear of visibility for people because when you put something online, it's permanent, right? And I think people are so scared to alienate people and be kind of like pushed out of the tribe that they are there, therefore too scared to be themselves. And actually what they're completely misunderstanding is the value of you as a human being is in who you are. It's not in what you do. Like if it was what you did that mattered, then it wouldn't matter who owned businesses and who ran businesses and who, you know, whose manager was whose, because there are plenty of managers in the world who have the right skill set to be good managers, but they're shitty managers because they're shitty people. And if you're a good person, why wouldn't you want to leverage that to gain an advantage, whether that be accelerating internal employee engagement, which is what strong personal branding does for a lot of organizations. You know, we've worked with, you know, Fortune 500 companies where the sole reason they're bringing us in to build their executive team's brand is because they want to re-engage their their internal team, right? Or it could mean that you win amazing opportunities. You could win um, incredible inbound business. You can actually get, you know, invites on stages and all these things. And to your point about the reputation piece, if you're going to spend all this time, money, effort, And to be honest, years of your life building up credibility as a reputable person in your space, then you have five minutes a day to build your personal brand on LinkedIn or on any platform for that maybe. And if you don't, because you're saying, oh, well, I'm worried, you know, it's not for me or, you know, I don't need to be visible, then that's great for you. But just know that there's someone else in your space who is okay with being visible and they're the ones that's going to take the spots that you deserve. Yeah. And if you're not okay with being visible, there's a couple of people in your company that will could take that place and help exactly. you as well. Exactly. Or an agency like clout.com. <laughs> Let's do a hypothetical. I'm a executive. I come to you and I say, I want to start building my personal brand. Amelia, where do, where do I start? What are the first couple of things you tell them? I think for an executive, it's slightly different for like every everyone else. So we work in multiple different channels. We work with executives on the agency side. I do a lot of consultancy stuff as well um, with bigger businesses on personal branding at the, the top table. But then we also have our Get Clout platform as well, which is kind of for everyone, right? It could be a student that's doing it. It could be an executive. It could be whatever. So I'll kind of give you two answers to this question. The first answer is with, with the executives and with founders, and if you're listening to this and you're in marketing, you're like, oh, personal branding is such an amazing opportunity. Like, I want to get my executives to do this, but they're so uninterested in what we're doing. There's a couple of ways in which you can win them over. First, you need to go to them with the data as to why building a personal brand is so powerful. And I talk about this all the time. And if you want to get the actual stats, they're on my LinkedIn profile page, I believe. I didn't update it for a while, so I think it's still there. But I basically say that um, brand messages that are reshared by the founder or the executive in the businesses get reshared 25 times more than if they shared the same message on the company page. Equally, they get eight times more engagement if you share the same message on an individual's versus a company page. Leads that come through an individual's brand convert seven times more frequently. People trust people, right? Like that is an unequivocal thing that no one can deny. And that's why so much business used to be done on the golf course, right? Because people want to do business with people. But if you want to build a brand and you kind of won them over and they're kind of like, cool, Daniel, here's some budget, like go off and do it. There are a couple of things you need to consider. First and foremost, what is the goal? 
I think a lot of people go into personal branding with the view of like they someone's told them to build a personal brand and so they're like cool I need to build a personal brand but like why do you need to build a personal brand like what is the thing that you're aiming for is it that you need want newsletter signups and because you're going to monetize that newsletter is it because you want to you know get speaking gigs because in, in the future you want to be the authority in your space and in order to do that you need to have state like what is the goal like what are you trying to achieve what is the metric that's going to be like i fucking nailed this that's really really important and it doesn't need to be like those kpis that i just mentioned because for me those are kpis because my bigger goal is to influence a million people to build their personal brand right so it for you it might be that i need to make a hundred thousand dollars in inbound revenue or it might be i need to hire 50 new people off the back of our comp you know our, our executives brand without having to pay a recruiter like whatever it is that metric is there needs to be a goal once you work out what that goal is, you can then get go, okay, so who do I need to attract in order to make that goal happen? So if I've said, right, my goal is that I want to attract inbound employees to come and work with us so I don't have to pay a recruiter or I don't have to pay whatever to help me. Okay, so if you need to bring those people inbound, then who, what does that person look like? Like, what are they going to have in common that's going to attract them into that executive's network? Once you can figure that out, it's then really easy to work out what you should be talking about. And, you know, I'll take your brand, for example, Daniel, like you set out from the jump, the goal with your personal brand was to be seen as the the authority in marketing, right? Because you had all these plans to like go on and do all these other things. And so everything that you posted came back to engaging marketers in marketing related content and what i mean by that is you would share memes you would share funny things that were happening you would share tweets that were relevant you would educate people but everything that you posted and still post came back to relatable content to a marketing audience because that was the audience you needed to attract to achieve your goal and i think a lot of people start with the what should i be talking about when actually they should start with the why do you need to do this? Because it's really easy to uncover what you need to be talking about if you know who you're talking to. And it's hard to know who you're talking to if you don't know what goal you're trying to achieve. So that's the kind of lay it bare strategy that I guess anyone can use. And then I would take that one step further. Like if you're someone who, you know, you're a self-employed or you're an employee and you're not kind of doing this for someone else, like aka you're not marketing, making an executive doing this, I would go one step further and say, okay, I want to be known as like the authority in marketing, like Daniel Murray, I want to be the authority in marketing, which is great. You want to be the oracle of information, et cetera, et cetera. And you want people to come to you, but like, oh, did you see Daniel's post of the day? I would take it one step further and be like, how can I make people like me and not just my content? TikTok particularly has like perpetuated this like really fast turnaround content that people love, but don't actually love the person creating it. And like a great example of that is I'll be like, oh, did you see that TikTok the other day? And I will never remember who it was that posted it, but I'll remember the piece of content. And that's really good from a virality perspective because you've got these high dopamine, you know, injections coming in, which means you get massive numbers really quickly. But it's not good from a personal branding perspective because from a personal branding perspective, you want people to invest in you and love you so you can they can grow with you as your career evolves and they can advocate for you as your career evolves. So yes, you need to be an expert in said space for you, Daniel, as marketing, but like what else can you inject in there that's going to make people like Daniel and not just like Daniel's content and how you've done that so fucking effectively is you've done this podcast. 
So people get to hear your voice every single week and they connect with Daniel. They're like Daniel's style. They're like how he asks questions. They're like the guests he has on. Like there'll be certain personal things that you bring in. You know, we were talking before we started recording about you being away and how your trip was. And, you know, they're getting to know who you are, which means they're going to follow Daniel. They're going to follow the marketing millennials and they're going to ride or die for you above any other authority in marketing because it's not just the content they're coming to you for. It's you sharing that content. The goal is the most important part. And the goal not only sets up what you want to talk about, it also sets up what type of content you want to put out there. Because I always say, if you have other channels to do it, the the goal of like, for example, TikTok could be, I want to just get a lot of attention to push people somewhere else. But your goal of TikTok, if your if your TikTok your only platform, your goal could be, hey, I want to build depth with my audience. So how do I build depth with my audience? I have to be very vulnerable. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to because this is my only platform. So it also helps you decide, hey, is my content going to be attention? I'm not going to build depth on this platform. I'm going to go build depth on a podcast, a newsletter, a, a LinkedIn profile. Where do you want to build depth? I think that's also, because you can build depth on every platform, it's it's really hard because everybody's attention is like everywhere and also people now. Mention different ways on different channels. You know, we've just talked about TikTok. I know that TikTok for me is a distribution channel exclusively, right? Although in saying that, I, I do win a lot of business from TikTok, and I have a lot of inbound applications from TikTok. Like we won about hundred thousand pounds, one hundred fifty thousand pounds in business off TikTok. But the reason I say it's a distribution channel is because I know, based on what we just spoke about there, that people's attention on TikTok is so limited and that it's limited to the content itself rather than the content creator. Like it's very infrequent that you would go onto TikTok and search for a specific creator's content. You would let it come up naturally in your for, um, for you page because that's just how that algorithm works. Whereas on something like Instagram or YouTube, you might be more likely to look out for your favorite creator story that's come up or go and seek out the most recent post that that person's done on YouTube because you're invested in the creator. So for TikTok, for me, it's all about views. It's all about numbers. It's all about attention. It's all about brand awareness. And then for Instagram, for me, it's more about depth. You know, you said depth there, which I think is such a great way of explaining it. I'm like showing you that I have these new slippers and like, aren't they fun? And I'm also like, oh, my kids drive me fucking crazy today. But then also like, here's how to build your personal brand. And it's like layering that up. And then and on, on LinkedIn, also, I would say the same thing. It's very much like I'm the professional, I'm the expert in personal branding. But here is a little bit of like my fuck ups, my failures, like who Amelia is. So you really buy into who I am. And then YouTube is like vlog, like raw, unfiltered. I have no makeup on, I like a bag of dicks, but this is who I am. And the idea is that each single channel has a different layer to Amelia so that hopefully, if you follow me on one channel, you're then going to be curious about me on others. And then you go and cross-pollinate across all of those channels but all of that messaging is identical it's just that the way it's delivered is a little bit different it's a little bit more layered that's not to say you should be on all channels at the same time <laughs> no I, I i like the thought of that's why understand your goal can also say okay on each distribution channel this is a, a further thing so if everybody's starting i would always recommend focus on one or maybe two channels no more than that but if you think of it as distribution channels, then you could think about, okay, like you, Amelia, is like TikTok is mainly views and brand awareness and being top of mind and 
which you come on my for you all the time. So I always see you and I see you more on like TikTok than I see you on LinkedIn, and <laughs> which is funny. So a brand awareness channel like that helps you just stay top of mind, which that's what I'm saying. Like you have to. It's good retargeting as well. Yeah, it's really good yeah. retargeting, right? Like if someone comes across you on LinkedIn, and this is something I literally sold to an executive recently. He was like, why would I be on TikTok? And I was like, because you want to retarget your audience in a setting that they're not expecting you. You, you look at the fastest growing member segments on TikTok, they're between kind of 28 and 35, like as a decision-making group of people, like that is the fastest growing member segment on TikTok right now. So you're telling me that you shouldn't be on TikTok because it's for dancing teenagers and yet the very people you're trying to sell to are on TikTok, but they're in to- on TikTok out of hours. Get on TikTok because then you can use that to retarget people with a different type of content that they're not used to seeing from you on a platform, say like LinkedIn. And it's like retargeting, but without having to pay for it, which is great. <laughs> I think one of the words you just said there, or like the sentence you said there is out of hours. I think people forget in marketing that so many people are using channels like LinkedIn or like Facebook for ads or distribution, but a lot of people are just using those channels from um, work hours. Um, so fig- figuring out places where you could show up outside, this is not only for personal branding, this is marketing as well. Figuring out places where you could show up outside the normal nine to five when someone is casually scrolling or, and that's why knowing your goal and knowing the platform will say, you know that TikTok is a five to nine platform. So I have to be doing something a little bit different there because people, I have to show up differently because that's where what people are doing on that platform. So context is very important on that platform to know, okay, someone's in this state of mind when I'm posting this, this piece of content. Yeah, and people buy the same way whether they're on LinkedIn or whether they're on TikTok, right? They, they, the, the, the emotional... They don't go, oh, I'm not at work anymore. I'm not going to listen to that thing. Like you buy in the same way. So why wouldn't you want to leverage like 95 minutes, by the way, on average, every TikTok user spends on the platform every day? Like why wouldn't you want to leverage that? It's just, it seems very arrogant to me that you would be like, oh, it's not for me. It's for dancing teenagers. Like the world has moved on, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go back to something you said we'll bring up later in the podcast is and I think this is a problem with a lot of people trying to start on a personal brand or on social or anything is how do I figure out what do I talk about? What type of content should I post? Where do I start with that? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's actually one of the reasons why we created the platform in the first place because like we kind of, or I looked at all the questions I always were getting, which was what do I need to be known for? What do I talk about? How do I start? And like, who am I talking to? Like, like that was the kind of four questions that I got all the time. And so we basically built this platform that, you know, you go through an assessment, it gives you a free personal brand, not free, but part of the platform. It gives you a personal branding strategy and then it sends you content prompts off the back of that strategy. So for example, it would tell you, Daniel, like you need to be known for marketing, your audience are marketers, you need to probably be posting on TikTok and LinkedIn, and you need to be posting this many times a week, and here are your prompts for this week. And so that's kind of the premise of the platform. And the reason why I think that is is a great thing is because so many people don't know what to say. And a huge part of the value that I bring to customers that we work with and clients that we work with is actually knowing what they should 
be saying because that's my area of expertise and I know I can look at someone immediately and go right you should be talking about this this and this but it's like an inherent thing to me it's not something I can teach to someone so if you're starting out and you're thinking okay I want to be known for xyz but like what where do I start with that the easiest thing to do is to go right let's take marketing for example so you want to be known for I don't know uh, some kind of marketing niche let's say social media because that's an easy one to do if your overarching goal is to be known as the social media guy or the social media girl, you need to then think about, okay, what are subtopics within social media? So some subtopics within social media might be things like TikTok, community, LinkedIn, assets, graphics, community engagement, um, you know, hacks that you can use to grow. What is a viral formula? Um, you know, how to convert off the back of ads, like you can, you know, all those subtopics. And then what you do is create another five subtopics under every single one of those subtopics. And now all of a sudden, if you started with 20 subtopics, you now have like what, 50 to, you know, 100 even if you're doing 20, 100 subtopics. That is enough content to last you like three months if you repurpose it properly. Well, I think a lot of people spend too much time thinking that their content needs to be intelligent, to be valuable. The Marketing Millennials Instagram page and LinkedIn page is literally sharing memes and it's one of my favorite accounts on those platforms. You're adding value to me because your content resonates with me as a marketer. Like that's valuable. You're not you're not giving me like a white paper and a blow by blow way I can like scale my business through marketing. Like you're actually giving me something that I can laugh at and go, oh my God, someone else feels like that too. So your content, you know, when you're posting doesn't need to be like, it's five tips on how to grow your social media. It can simply be like, when I first started out in social media, like here are some bullshit stuff that I did and I regret. Like if your audience is other social media people, they're going to listen to that and read that and be like, oh my God, I did that too. So it's about kind of understanding like what your audience wants and then creating subtopics off the back of that stuff. And, you know, another good hack for that is, you know, go to answer the public, see what's trending in the hashtags that you might be relevant in using. So if you're trying to get you know, big in social media, like what's trending in this hashtag social media marketing channel, like um, hashtag on TikTok, like what is trending on hashtag marketing Twitter on Twitter? You know, what are people searching for and answer the public? What are people asking in your DMs? And that's something that I always start with uh, with a lot of our clients. It's like, what is your top 10 most frequently asked questions? And that normally will give you all the answers you need to bring off your first batch of content. The subtopics are good and it's easy. It's also great to, if you know your subtopics and say, what are, what do I know the best out of these subtopics? And because I think a lot of people try, the problem with I see a lot on social is a lot of people try to write things that they're not experts on. And sometimes you're the best at social media at X, Y, niche. And if you just double down on that, you'll be way more popular and, and try to bullshit your way through a yeah why do you think i talk about personal branding and not marketing overall like i'm not an expert in marketing overall but i fucking know personal branding (laughs) and the the one the one thing you said about memes and stuff i think the memes not as a strategy in for everybody but the reason why i think memes or this type of content resonates with people is because if you can create a meme that hits someone, that means you actually are deeply understanding your audience because nobody who isn't a marketer could create a meme that will resonate with their audience. You can, I could easily go ChatGPT five social media hacks and put it on LinkedIn. That's easy to do. 
but nobody could say, oh, that feeling when 500,000 tabs are open and blah, 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 like, like whatever, or that, that six cup of coffee, like, Chachi BT doesn't feel like what a marker feels like every when the sound team come up to you and go, Can you just jazz up this presentation? <laughs> exactly, exactly. All those little things are things that just show you're in, you've, you've been there, which is a different type of thing than saying, Oh, here are five hats here. And stories also, stories show that you've been there more than going in depth and saying, I know X, Y, and Z topic. Because I can easily today go look at 3,000 blog posts and take those blog posts, piece them together and write a good marketing piece of content. But that doesn't mean I, I know the topic. But I can, if I really know the topic, I can write something that is original that from my experience that is a thought leader type of topic. That's why I think people really need to stick to what they know at first and and start adding stuff as they grow in their career or they grow what they're doing at work, what they're doing outside of work, things that they're learning in conversations. Because that's the most authentic content is taking content that you're hearing or doing instead of taking chat GPT stuff and stuff like that. I'm not saying chat GPT is bad. It's great for inspiration and stuff. But just- I'm really glad you brought it up though. Because I don't know about you, but you can you can tell when someone's used it. And actually, I quite like that people use it because it makes people that don't use it stand out. <laughs> so, like, my content is very clearly written by a person because there's, like, bad grammar and, like, it's, it's in my language and there's lots of, like, metaphorical hand-waving because that's how I talk, right? Like, I write how I talk. And I think it's really easy for you to stand out in a sea of sameness when everyone else has access to ChatGPT and just goes, hey, ChatGPT, can you give me five top social media hacks for 2024 and just spits it back out again? That's great. But like, it's it's your tone of voice, it's your lived experience. And I literally posted about this on LinkedIn today. I said, you know, if it was knowledge that people wanted, they'd go to Google but they don't just want knowledge. They want your knowledge. And the only way to get your knowledge across is by giving people your lived experience as to why you have that knowledge. So for example, a big part of my knowledge when it comes to personal branding has come from, I've just trialed and tested a bunch of shit over a period of time and then figured out how what works. And so when I'm te- giving people advice and I'm saying like, if you want to get more engagement or you want to resonate with your audience more, like tell them honest stories, like talk about your fuck ups, talk about your, you know, your failures, your wins, your successes, your obstacles. I then will back that up with my most viral post was about the time that I sent 15,000 emails out to the wrong people. And like, and I give context as to why I know that. And I think it's like, it's this layered approach, right? We spoke about layering, layering platforms and like giving depth if you are really, really serious about building your brand and you want to build an audience that will ride or die for you, right? And I know the marketing millennial te- like people will ride or die for you. If you want to build a group of people around you like that, you have to give them depth. You can't just say like, oh, here's some knowledge, like you're welcome. It needs to be like, here's some knowledge, but here's why I think that. Because it adds credibility, it adds vulnerability, and also it gives you an opportunity to show people going back to what I said right at the beginning that you're a human being. And that is why I think we are in such an incredible time right now because, you know, 
we have totally democratized information access, right? ChatGPT has totally democratized our access to information. It's meant that anyone and everyone can research pretty much anything up to 2023, right? But the beauty of that is if everyone has access to that information, that just means that people that do it like harder and better and more honestly and more authentically are going to be the ones that win. And you cannot use a bot to replace your personality. You can definitely use it to inform. Like I love, I love it. I know all my, you know, newsletter topics are going to be for the next 52 weeks because I've used ChatGPT to give me inspiration for that. But I'm never ever going to use a bot to write my content because it's a personal brand. And to your point about the memes, the reason why memes are so powerful is it forms a human connection. And a bot can't create a human connection. It can only imitate it. And you can feel when it's imitated. Going back to that too is the one thing that bots can't do or is taking real day conversations that you're having. What are the most shared things are the way you talk on text messages, memes shared in DMs, funny posts about something that resonates you that gets shared. All these things that are shared and resonate with you are things getting shared to other people. So if you're going to post things, nobody's going to share something that top five marketing marketing tips because that's not what is shareable content. Unless you give something that's so out of the box that people are like, oh, I'm, I never heard someone say that. But most of the stuff that's out of the box is... Is not well, I would also yet, say so. if it was out of the box. The only way that you'd get people to trust you is you were like, I found this out because I did why. Like even then you have to still give depth. If you were just like, hey guys, I hacked the TikTok algorithm. All you need to do is blah, blah, blah. You'd be like, shut up. <laughs> but if you were like, I know this because I did it and I got 50 million followers, you might be like, oh, okay, <laughs> let's give it a go. It was also going to add on to the depth conversation because I think we're – in a world that there's so many platforms and so many people are on every platform, TikTok did this. Now there's you can watch videos, you can w- read memes, you could do this, your chat GPT. But the way to build people coming back to you is going deeper and deeper in your niche with your content, with your personality. Because, like you said earlier about TikTok how I could just scroll marketing, hashtag, find out a thousand things, but never resonate with one person that said that. The ultimate goal is you becoming that person to an audience that come back, not only because you're a marketing expert, because they like you as a person, they think you're cool, they think you're... And that's what real depth is. And it's the hardest thing to do now. Three years ago, it was actually way easier to build depth because... Everybody had COVID and everybody was indoors and everybody was consuming content. Now people have to take their kids out to go to do their hobbies and play a football match. And people have to go, are going on hikes now and people are going to dinner with friends. So you're limited time to show up in a way that is deep to your, to your audience. So that's why... If you can figure out how to build depth with the audience, you're going to win over people who are just putting out viral content that just hits for that three to five seconds in someone's life. And I'm glad you brought that up because there's a big difference to me between followers and community. 
So like you could have 5 million followers of people that like your content. And a good example of this is, you know, you come across those TikTok channels that will like share clips of videos and like you just keep on what you want to watch the part two, part three, part four. And so they have loads of followers and loads of views, but they don't have a community because the people aren't following that page for the person creating the content. They're following that page for the content. And so to me, there is a massive difference between a follower and a community. A community is is a group of people that will ride or die for you, that buy into you and your brand. And that that's not just from a personal branding perspective, that's from a company branding perspective too. Like I would say that Marketing Millennials has got one of the strongest brands around because you guys have managed to create a human connection from a business with people, right? And that's very, very difficult to do. But with like any kind of brand, whether it be personal or company, if you want people to buy into you and not ride the, you know, price train or the discount train or whatever it is that you're selling, you have to find a reason, like an emotive reason for them to buy from you, whether that be, you know, loads of brands are on this sustainability thing right now because that's emotive and like whatever, but there has to be something. There has to be a thing that people are like, oh my God, that's me. People need to be able to see themselves in your content, whether it be promoting a product, a service or a person they can't see themselves and what you're talking about that's where you lose that share piece like people are going to share content and adopt ideas as their own which is what they're doing when they share content if there's no resonance in that content that's what that's what that is the definition of shareable content it's like it's it's i'm adopting it as me because i resonate with it i see myself in that content and that is what your brand strategy regardless of what you're promoting should be is like how do we connect human be- beings together with what i'm saying and and also the community aspect is it's finding common things of belonging in a space. So, for example, you sharing that you're a powerhouse entrepreneur in in England doing X, Y, and Z builds your community of other powerhouse people in England who are building fast companies, who are grinding, and now you're because you're sharing that not only personal branding people are connecting with you because you're an entrepreneur building a business doing this working the nine to five also have children and then now you say you're a mother so now mothers who are also working and grinding are connected with you so these are all these sub communities that you're creating by sharing other things but also they're following you because they want to build their personal brand too so it all comes back to that one common thing yeah it comes back like literally, I feel like the theme of this today's podcast should be depth. Like that is what everything that we've just spoken about comes back to. It's depth. Creating creating layers. And it, it all starts with just starting, which is the funny part is just fucking it's not post gonna, it, as I say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a message from someone today and it made me laugh so much. So I did um I do a lot of consultancy and workshops and stuff with uh, you know a lot of big businesses and one of my friends who I've made through that work uh, has just left to one of the larger organizations that we do work with. And she said to me that she had a message from one of our colleagues today. And, you know, he's got really big on LinkedIn recently, like he has eight and a half thousand followers. And, and she was saying, you know, you're doing so well. And he was like, yeah, like every single time I go to post and I think, oh, I'm not really sure I should say that. I have Amelia's voice in my head going, just fucking post it. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, oh, that, that training's paid for itself. <laughs> It's also so a lot of people need that accountability. So that's you you could be someone's accountability person, you could be someone's inspiration, you could be someone's education, you could be that's why 
diversifying content and putting things out is so important. What is a marketing hill you would die on? That people buy from people and that all of your comms and your marketing has to come back to human beings. Like, particularly in B2B, I think so many B2B businesses are like, oh, we're a B2B business. We have to market our business to solve a business problem. Dude, there is a person with the credit card behind that buying decision. So you need to make their life easier in order for them to want to buy from your thing, right? Like, why do you think so many people pick Salesforce over HubSpot or over any other kind of CRM is because Salesforce has built this incredible brand around it that people go, oh yeah, I'm a Salesforce person. So they don't even entertain any other CRM because that's the one that resonates most with them. That is not a business that's made that decision. That is a a, a sales director or a marketing CMO that has gone, yeah, that's what resonates most with us. And I feel like a really good example of that was when Apple first launched the macbook um like way back in the day like their their marketing was all about like you know we we want to sell products to people who want to challenge the status quo right and so all of their messaging was around like we only want people who challenge the status quo to buy our products and so of course human beings were like well i challenge the challenge status quo like i'm a maverick i'm a problem child like i'm part of that apple crowd and it created this human connection which is why apple is so big now it continues to do that that's why people are so fiercely protective over their iphones it's also why people are so fiercely protective over their samsung because arguably samsung has now become the apple of today right they are the state they're the ones that are bucking the status quo they're like the alternative phone so yeah i will die on the hill of if you want to build a successful business brand whether that be personal and product or service you have to understand that Whatever it is that you're selling, there is a human being behind that buying decision and knowing the kind of life cycle of that person and actually what influences their buying decisions and what kind of goals they have and aspirations they have in their life goes a long way in terms of working out how to market you and your products and services to those people. Because if you know these issues are are happening in these people's lives, you know, I think uh, it was uh, Caitlin um, that said this. I forget I forget her second name, but she always says, you know, in marketing, you need to sell painkillers, lifestyles, and dreams. And that's stuck with me because you don't sell products and services. You don't sell benefits and features. You sell painkillers, lifestyles, and dreams. So if you can capture that, like that emotiveness, then you're good. You, you've nailed it. Yeah, and even going back, when, when, when she's saying that, it doesn't mean that it's a personal brand. It's just being human in your marketing. It's everything. the messaging you you move, the messaging you put out, the understanding of your your customers, the reviews that are on your website, the people, the faces you put on your website. Every little thing comes back to understanding the human being that is buying and the human being that's a whole, not the human being that is in that moment of time saying, "I'm selling to a marketer." not a marketer that's a mom that's plays pickleball that does this does that does this that's the whole picture you're selling to and there could be a lot of commonalities that that your audience could be a lot of mom pickleball players that are also marketers and if you could figure that out you could do a lot of cool things oh my god the personalization imagine yeah imagine exactly (laughs) 
Exactly. And those are the ways you stand out because every, everybody who's selling to marketers understand, should be understanding what the marketers' pain points, but they do, they're not winning on the human level, which is why a lot of the ones that are winning are winning on that human. Yeah, 100%. Lastly, where can people find you? Well, I'm the only Amelia Sordell in the world. So if you whack my name into Google, that's pretty much me, <laughs> like everywhere. Um, but I'm on, uh, I spend most of my time on LinkedIn, Instagram, um, TikTok, YouTube. And um, we also have a newsletter now as well, which is fucking awesome. Like I have 3,000 people have signed up to that now. I basically just write them in a brain dump of an email every Friday of like all the things that I'm thinking about as it pertains to personal branding and failure and fuck ups and confidence and yeah. If you're one of those people, sign up. <laughs> also, your parents being OG of like understanding that your personal branded name is so important and being well, I the wish only it one. was my parents. It's actually my married okay. name. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> my ex-husband's name. Well, you're, 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 yeah, just but you he, are, he, and you're he understanding. It. Yeah, he gets it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're you were just like. Mm. I'm going to pick this last name because it's the only one I could be out there. It's really uh, easy Ari, for me to get like email addresses. <laughs> it's like ameliasodell at gmail.com. <laughs> Ari, Ari, my wife goes, went from being the only Ari Sowick to probably there's probably like a thousand plus Ari Murrays now. So I'm like, you should just, uh, I feel bad She's that you could have been the only one. On yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This is like an absolute honor to do this twice. So I appreciate you. And and also, I just want to say like the power of personal branding is how we became friends. So it's not just about selling stuff and whatever. It's also about like forming friendships too. So yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.